First Kings and chapter 20, please. First Kings and chapter 20. Uh, we're reading a few verses this morning. Uh, trust that the Lord will be uh, with us and that you'll know uh, the presence of God here this morning and that he would speak to us. That's what we need uh, this morning, for the Lord to speak uh, to our hearts. First Kings chapter 20. And if you cast your eye down to verse 26, please. First Kings chapter 20 and verse 26. And it came to pass at the return of the year that Ben-Hadad numbered the Syrians went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. And the children of Israel were numbered and were all present and went against them and the children of Israel were pitched before them like two little flocks of kids. But the Syrians filled the country and there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is the God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver this great multitude into thy hand, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. And we'll end our reading there uh, for the sake of time. Know the Lord will bless his word to our hearts. The context of the passage that we're considering together this morning is whenever the Syrian army came against the children of Israel, the Syrian army headed by King Ben-Hadad with a confederacy of 32 kings, comes and besieges the city of Samaria. And I want you to picture in your mind for a moment or two, Israel's just after coming out of three years of famine. And the Syrians come against the city of Samaria, and all hope seems to be gone. And you know, just as the enemy was besieging the city, it says way back in verse 13, Behold, there came a prophet unto Ahab the king. And you know, dear friends, whenever God's people were hemmed in, God had a word for his people. And you know, the very same is true of our day. In this day of darkness and departure, I'm glad that we have a God that has a word for his people. And God intervened. And the Lord told King Ahab to take 232 young servant boys, young men that had never held a sword in their life. And they go out before the whole host of the Syrians. And 7,000 soldiers come by, behind them. And the whole Syrian army is defeated. If you cast your eye down to the end of verse 21, it says, And they slew the Syrians with a great slaughter. And you can see how the Lord intervened in a day when the enemy was just rife and just ready to destroy the people of Israel. I want to say this morning, dear friend, our God is the God that still intervenes. And I don't know what trial you are here with this morning. I don't know what situation you may have in your life. You may feel as if all hope is gone. Well, I want to tell you this, the God that intervened in 1 Kings chapter 20 is the God that can intervene in 2020. He's the God that intervenes. Now I want you to see the king of Israel. He's on his throne. And he's reveling and he's relishing the, the reality of victory. The Syrians have been defeated. 
The enemy has been put to flight. It's a time of mighty victory. And that's maybe where you are this morning. But cast your eye to verse 22. Just after this victory, this is what happens in verse 22. And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said unto him, Go, strengthen thyself, and mark and see what thou doest. For at the return of the year, the king of Syria will come against thee. I'll tell you, dear friends, this morning, you and I that are saved and are trying to go on with the Lord, there's times when we have the mighty victory. There's times when we get the mighty breakthrough. Times when we see the enemy driven back. But let me tell you this, the enemy will come again. The enemy will come again. And here was the king of Syria coming again against the king of Israel. My, they had just won a victory. And the prophet comes in before Ahab. He says, look, you may have won the victory this time. But I want to tell you this, the enemy will come again. The enemy's relentless, isn't it? Maybe as you look at your family this morning, look at your health, look at your home, time and time again, the enemy seems to come wave after wave, wave after wave. Now, where we read this morning in verse 26 is whenever the enemy comes again. One year later, just as the prophet said, cast your eye to verse 26, and it came to pass at the return of the year, Ben-Hadad numbered the Syrians and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. The years passed, and here is the enemy comes again. Maybe the enemy has come to you again during the week. Maybe no one else knows about it in this meeting, but you know. Now I want you to see where these two armies clashed. It says they came up to Aphek. Now that word Aphek, there is the word an enclosure. It's the word a valley. It's the word to be cornered in. Now I want you to listen this morning. I wonder is there someone here and you've experienced mighty victory, mighty blessing in your life. And you've been riding the crest of the wave in your spiritual experience. And just like the children of Israel, the enemy has come again. And he's got you just down into Aphek, down into the corner, hemmed in, surrounded, and there's no way out. Maybe there's a mother here. Maybe there's a young man here, and some day during the week, the devil's got you into a corner, and you can't see any way out of it. No hope. You're hemmed in, and you're hedged in. You're in a tight place. And every day during the week, the noose has been getting tighter and tighter. And maybe this morning after singing all of the hymns and smiling, you're sitting in the very seat wondering how you're going to get through another week. You're down in AFAC. Down in the corner. Hemmed in. Hedged in. But not only can you see the place where these armies clashed, you'll see the picture that's described, cast your eye to verse 27. And the children of Israel were numbered and were all present. They were all there. And went against them and the children of Israel were pitched before them like two little flocks of kids. Can you see the, the children of Israel now? They're hedged in and they're hemmed in down in the valley of Aphek. No way out. No retreat. 
And they're just sitting down in the valley before the enemy like two little flocks of kids. They're helpless. They're defenseless. And all hope is gone. Is that you this morning? Helpless. Can't do anything to change the situation. Can't do anything even defend yourself this morning. Just like two little flocks of kids just sitting there, just ready to be slain by the enemy. Is that how you feel this morning? Well, I'll tell you this, dear friends, the enemy, the Syrians, were greater in their size. It says they filled the country. It means they flooded the country. The Syrians were greater in size than the children of Israel. They were greater in strength. They were greater in strategy. But let me tell you this, Israel had God. The Syrians had numbers. But Israel had God. I'm glad this morning, as the children of the living God this morning... I'm glad that God is on our side. This is what the psalmist said. And if the scholars are right, this is the very hymn that the Lord Jesus sang as he went out of the upper room. Psalm 118 and verse 6. The Lord is on my side. I'm glad he's on my side. I'm glad the God of heaven is on my side this morning. Are you saved? Are you saved this morning? Well, I want to tell you if you are, the God of heaven's on your side. The Lord is on my side. The Syrians had numbers, but Israel had God. Now you can see where these two armies clashed. I think you can see the picture that's described. They're just like two little flocks of kids. But I want you to see the promise that they received. Verse 28. And there came a man of God and spake unto the king. God had another word for his people. And said, Thus saith the Lord. This is God speaking this morning. Because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver this great multitude into thy hand. What a promise. And here's the children of Israel down in the valley, hedged in, hemmed in, no way out. Hopeless, defenseless, powerless. And God came with a word. And he said, because the Syrians have said, their God is the God of the hills. You know, the last time Israel came against the Syrians, you know where they fought? They fought the Syrians on the hills. And the Syrians are saying to themselves, well, the reason why we lost the last time is because they had the advantage. They were on the high ground, but this time whenever we come, we're going to take them down into the valley. Their God was able to help them on the hills, but he's not going to help them in the valley. Maybe you're here this morning and you know all about the mountaintop experience. Maybe you've come out of a week or a month there and you've been praising the Lord and you've been spending time in the presence of God and the Word was fresh and the presence of God was real in your life. You're up on the mountaintop. But this time the enemy has got you down in the valley. And the question that the, the Syrians came and they said, well, they could, be, they could get help from God in the hills, but they're not going to get help in the valley. Well, I want to tell you this, dear friend, this morning, and you remember nothing more that I say, that our God is not only the God of the hills, but I'm glad that he's the God of the valley. I'm glad that he's the God of the valleys. The God of the hills. You'll remember the word of God describes him as the God of hosts. 
I was relishing that during the week. The God who scattered the stars into space. The God who knows the hosts of heaven by their name. He's my God. But not only is he the God of hosts, he's the God of heaven. I'll tell you this, and he's the God of the hills, but he's also the God of the valleys. Now I want to ask you a question. And I want you just to switch off from everyone around you this morning. I wonder, are you down in the valley? Down in the valley. Could have been this time last year, you're up on the mountain. Going on with God and going through with God. And you saw mighty victories, mighty exploits done for the Lord. But this year, the, the devil's got you down. Hedged in. Hemmed in. Maybe he's got your family in a corner. Maybe he's got your health in the corner. Well, I want to tell you this, friend, whatever valley you're in, that your God and my God is not only the God of the hills, but he's the God of the valleys. And you may be on a hillside this, this morning, you may be on the mountaintop. But always remember this, that every mountain has a valley. What valley are you in this morning? I want you to think for a moment or two about the valley of despair. It says away back in Psalm 84 and verse 6, who passing through the valley of Baca. And that word Baca there is the word for tears and the word for weeping. Passing through the valley. Oh, you're up on the mountaintop and you're praising God and you're enjoying the blessing, but now you're down and no one else knows anything about it and you're cornered in and you wonder how you're going to get through. Maybe there's someone here and you got your head off a pillow last night that was wet with the dew of your tears. And you sobbed through the valley, the valley of tears. I'll tell you this, friend, there's many of God's people that are in the valley of despair. The valley of tears. The psalmist said in Psalm 107, those that are at their wit's end. You at your wit's end this morning. You at the end of your tether. Can't take it anymore. Can't keep the facade up anymore. I'm at the end of my tether at wit's end. Down in the valley. Down in the valley. I'll tell you some people that were there. Job was there. Remember Job? Job is the mightiest man, it says, of all of the east. He was up on the mountain. But within 24 hours, Job was down in the valley. He lost 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen. He lost his seven sons and his three daughters just in a day. His wife turned on. He lost his health. He had to scrape the boils of his body with an old bit of a broken pot. He said of his friends that they scorned me. They're miserable comforters. They're physicians of no value. And can you see Job? This mighty man of the east. And within 24 hours he comes from the mountaintop down into the valley. And you know what Job said? Job said, my eyes pour out tears unto God. They just ran down like a constant stream down the side of Job's face. All hope was gone. The enemy had him cornered. The devil had him waged in. You think it's bad this morning if you'd have seen Job. 
But I'll tell you this, Job believed that God was not only the God of the hills, but he was also the God of the valleys. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. It says at the last chapter of Job that God blessed Job more than his beginning. He brought him through the valley. I was encouraged on Wednesday night in the prayer meeting. Her sister Pat prayed it. Four times or three times there you'll get it. In Ezekiel 47, he brought me through. Mother in the meeting this morning, you're down in the valley. God will bring you through. God will bring you through. Did he bring you through before? I'll tell you, he'll bring you through again. Through the valley of tears. What, what brought Job there? What brought Job to the place of tears? What brought him to the place of weeping? What brought Job to his wit's end corner? I'll tell you what brought him there. The storms of life brought him there. The tempests and the, the toing and the froing, the satanical storms of life brought Job to his wit's end corner and he got down before God in the dust. He said, Lo, he slay me, yet will I trust. Down in the valley. I'll tell you, not only was Job there, David was there. David the mighty psalmist. David the mighty soldier. David the mighty sovereign. Mighty man. You remember the day he went down with a little bag, his shepherd's bag, and put his hand into the bag and pulled out a stone and slung it and Goliath fell at his feet up on the mountain. Up on the mountain. You remember the day whenever he went after the Malachites and he recovered all up on the mountain. Up on the mountain. But I'll tell you there's a day whenever David was sitting on his throne. He was sitting there as an old man. And his servants came before him. He said, David, your son's coming and he's going to kill you. And here's the king of Israel, David. And he gets a handful of his men. And flees out of the city of Jerusalem. Ahithophel, his right hand man, had turned against him. Absalom, his son, was coming to kill him. And here is David, he goes out through the gate of Jerusalem, goes down to the Kidron Valley, and as Bertie reminded us the other week, that word Kidron there is a place of dark waters. And David stepped over. And it says as he went up the ascent of the Mount of Olives that he went with his head covered and his feet bare. And it says he wept as he went. You know where David was? Down in the valley. That's just where you are. All hope gone. The enemy had him in. The end seemed to be very near. What was it brought David there? It wasn't a storm that brought David there. I'll tell you what brought him. It was his son that brought him there. Now just let me say something to some parent here. Maybe there's a parent. And maybe you've got a boy and you know all about weeping for that boy. You know all about weeping and going down into the valley and he's broke your heart time and time again. Maybe it's a daughter. And you're down in the valley this morning. And just like David, the song is gone and now there's nothing but sobs and he goes and he cries down in the valley. But I'll tell you this, friend, God of the hills is the God of the valleys. This is what David said. He said, cast thy burden on the Lord and he shall sustain thee. David went on to write another 25 psalms. He turned David's sobs into David's songs. You know why? He's the God of the hills and he's the God of the valleys. He brought me through. 
I'm glad he's brought me through. I'm glad there's many in this meeting this morning and time and time again he's brought you through the valley. He's the God of the valleys. This is what David penned. He said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Oh, I'm glad that I'm saved this morning. I'm glad that there's a God in heaven that is interested in Stephen Riddle and all of the valleys and all of the storms. Maybe there's a sun that has brought you down into the valley. Maybe it's the storms of life that have brought you down into the valley. Oh, friend, let me tell you this. He's the God of the valleys. The God of the valleys. I'll tell you another person that was there. Hezekiah was there. You remember old godly King Hezekiah. Read about it whenever you go home in 2 Kings chapter 20. It says Hezekiah, he fell ill. You remember how Isaiah the prophet came in before him. He said, set thine house in order for thou shalt die and not live. And Hezekiah was on his bed and he turned his face to the wall and he wept. He was down in the valley. Tears coming down his face. You know, it wasn't the sun that brought him there. It wasn't the storm. It was sickness. Sickness. There's a man in the meeting this morning. And I was sitting with him not too long ago. And he started to cry. And there's not one person in this meeting knows anything about it. And you know what he said to me? He says, I can't do the things that I used to be able to do. And he said that night to me, and I stand to be corrected. He can correct me on the way out. He said, I was praying another morning that the Lord would take me home around this table. Down in the valley. Down in the valley. Down at the what's end corner. But I want to tell you this. Whenever Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and wept, Isaiah was just going out of the inner court. And you know what it says? And the Lord stopped him. And told him to go back. He says, I have heard his prayer. And I have seen his tears. And I will heal him. You know why? He's the God of the hills. And he's the God of the valleys. Give him another 15 years. God's good, isn't it? God's good. Sickness. Some of you folk here and you're sick. And you know what no one else knows. Can't do the things you used to do. I want to say to you this morning. God is on our side. What about Mary? Do you remember Mary Magdalene? Do you remember in the first day of the week? She says that she went to the tomb early in the first day of the week. And here's Mary Magdalene standing now. And Peter and John have went back again, it says, to their own home. But Mary stood without the sepulcher weeping. Tears coming down her face. Here's this wee woman and she's broken hearted. She's down in the valley. You remember how the Lord delivered seven demons out of Mary Magdalene. And here she is standing weeping at the sepulchre, open sepulchre. And she sees two angels. And this is what the angels said. Woman, why weepest thou? And this is what she said. They have taken away my Lord and I know not where they have laid him. The tears coming down her eyes. And it says as she turned herself around, she saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? And whom seekest thou? And this is what Mary said. Listen to me this morning. Don't, don't worry about anyone else in the meeting. This is what Mary down in the valley said to the Lord. She supposing him to be in the gardener said, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, 
Tell me where thou hast laid him, that I may take him away. And Jesus saith unto her, Mary. I'll tell you, it wasn't a storm that brought Mary Magdalene down into the valley. It wasn't a sun. I'll tell you what it was. She was separated from the one that she loved. I wonder, is there a widow here this morning? Wonder is the wife gone? Wonder is the husband gone? And the one that you used to love and the one that you used to cherish is no longer there. And there's times when you spent together and you're on the mountain. Oh, you went to the meetings together. You went into the town together. You prayed together. You wept together. And they're gone this morning. And just like Mary Magdalene, you'll stand and you weep with a broken heart. I'll tell you this, Mary Magdalene was the first person to see the risen Lord. She discovered that day that he was the God of the valleys. The Savior was there, wasn't he? You remember how the Lord Jesus went out the same way that David went? Out through Jerusalem and up the side of the Mount of Olives and he went into the garden and it says that he offered up strong tears and crying. Wept in the garden. Ah, dear friend, let me say this. The Lord is the one who can give us the oil of joy for the garment of praise for the Spirit of heaviness. The God of the hills is the God of the valleys. The valley of despair, do you know anything about it? But maybe you're not in the valley of despair this morning. Maybe you're in the valley of discouragement. Not where you are. You're discouraged this morning. Going along the road of life and you're down and you're discouraged and you're disheartened along the road of life. You remember Gideon. You read about it whenever you go home in Judges 7. Gideon was a man that God chose to fight with the Midianites and the Malachites. It says that they were like grasshoppers upon the ground and their camels were as a sand upon the seashore. And here was Gideon and he had 32,000 men with him and they were going out to face the enemy. And I can see Gideon, I'll tell you, he, he cocked his shoulders already. Plenty of men. Boy, we're going to fight the devil. We're going to take on the enemy. And we've got plenty of help today. And he was down at the hillside of Gilboa, down in the valley at the bottom of the hills of Gilboa, down at the well of Harith. And the Lord said to Gideon, he said, the men that are with thee are too many. Tell those that are fearful to go home. And I can see Gideon, I'll tell you, I don't think he did it the way we think he did it. I think Gideon spun around as cocky as he could be. He says, Ach, any of you men that are afraid, you go on home. The Lord allow you to go home. And 22,000 men walked away home and Gideon was left down in the valley. He wasn't too cocky then. And he stood with 10,000 men against the enemy. And then the Lord whittled them down again and took another 9,700 away from him. And he stood with 300 men standing against the whole host of the enemy. Outnumbered. Totally discouraged. I'm sure that he was. But I want to say this. God intervened for Gideon down in the valley of Mori. You remember it was there where they broke the pitchers and they blew the trumpet. And God intervened. God of the hills is the God of the valleys. You discouraged this morning. Things not going for you the way that you thought they were going to go. Maybe you thought the Lord would do more for you than you th- what He's doing now. 
Maybe you thought you'd see more saved in your family by now than what you have seen saved. And you're praying and you're preaching and you're doing all that you can and you can hardly see anything happen. You're discouraged down in the valley. Oh, I want to say this, whenever Gideon blew the trumpet and broke the pitchers, God intervened. Oh, friends, I'm looking forward to the night in that prayer meeting on a Wednesday night or a Monday night or a Friday night when some man will blow the trumpet and break the pitchers and the God of heaven will intervene the hill, the river, and the valley. The God of the hills is the God of the valleys. Discouraged this morning. I'll tell you, Paul was there. You remember the mighty apostle, the mighty preacher. You remember how Paul was was coming to the end of his life. He was in a prison cell at Rome. My, I, I believe he could see the gallows being built outside his window. And Paul could say to young Timothy, he said, Mark is gone, Demas is gone, all men forsook me, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me. And here was Paul, ready to be offered down in the valley. I'm sure he was. I wonder where all them men are that were going to stand with me. There wasn't one of them. But I want to tell you this, the Lord stood with him. The Lord stood with him, friends. You'll remember how Paul penned in Hebrews 13, I will never leave thee or forsake thee. And God intervened in the valley. I'll tell you, John was there in the Isle of Patmos, exiled out onto the island, away out on his own. No opportunity, no, mission, no missions, no meetings, no open airs, no tracks, no doors, not able to do a thing. And here he is sitting on the island. Lord, this is not the way it's meant to be. Lord, you need to do more than what you're doing. Suddenly God intervened and he got the greatest revelation of the risen Christ that any man has ever got. And he wrote the book of Revelation. The God of the hills is the God of the valleys. Now quickly, maybe you're not in the valley of despair this morning. Maybe you're not in the valley of discouragement this morning. But I wonder, are you in the valley of defeat this morning? Are you defeated? You know what would be lovely if we get all of these people into the prayer meetings during the week? I want to ask you a wee question here, and I know you all can't make it, but I want to ask you a question. Why, why are you not there? Why are you not there? You see, dear friends, and Bertie will know this, there's no point ringing for the pastor or the minister whenever they're on their deathbed to pray for them. There's no point coming into the prayer meeting whenever your son's dying after a road car accident. No, no. Maybe you're not there because you're defeated. The fire's gone and the passion's gone. You remember Ezekiel. In Ezekiel 37, it says the Lord caught him and lifted him and dropped him in a valley of dry bones. And here was a mighty army. Now, I want you to picture it this morning. Here was a mighty army and they used to stand with their spear and with their sword. They used to fight and win mighty victories and mighty battles just like you. But I'll tell you, they were defeated. And they were down in the valley. And you can see their bones, and they're dry, and they're divided, and they're defiled. No longer fighting. No longer winning the battles. No longer seeing breakthroughs for God. They're lying down in the valley of no use to anyone. Is that you this morning? 
I'll tell you, dear friends, this morning, I wonder as God looks down from this, from heaven into this hall, is that all that he sees? A valley of dry bones. Dry this morning. Whenever you read the word, it's dry, and you know it. Whenever you pray, oh, it's dry, it's dry, it's dry. Your Christian existence is dry. No fire, no passion, no victory, no breakthrough, no joy. Down in the valley. Well, I want to tell you this, whenever Ezekiel was standing there looking at the valley, this is what the Lord says, can these dry bones live? And Ezekiel said, Lord, thou knowest, thou knowest. And Ezekiel stood and he prophesied to the bones. And it says there was a noise and there was a shaking. And bone came to bone and sinew and flesh and skin. And then the breath of God came into them again. Oh, would to God that God would breathe on some of you dear folk here this morning. You know, there's some of you I've never seen in the prayer meeting in my life. There's, no, there's some of you here I've never seen you around the Lord's table. You know what you are? You're dry. You're dry, and you're defeated, and you're down in the valley. But whenever Ezekiel prophesied unto the wind, you know what it says? It says, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet. And I like one old translation. This is what it says. They stood on their feet again. I wonder, is there a man in this meeting this morning, and the old pornography's come in, and you're down in the valley? You know it. I wonder, is there a woman here in the old backbiting and the old unforgiveness has come in and you're down in the valley and you're dry and you're defeated and you're of no good to God? Oh, that God would breathe on us again that they would stand on their feet. You know what it says of Jeremiah whenever he went down to the potter's house in Jeremiah 18 that the potter was making a vessel. And the vessel was marred. There was a, there was a blemish in it. It was of no good to God. And this is what the Word of God says. And he made it again. I wonder is there a soul here this morning and you can look back to times in your life when you used to be on fire for God. Come on now. You used to be on fire. You used to be really on fire for God. Couldn't stay away from the Word. Couldn't stay away from the people of God. And the fire's gone and you're down and you're dry and you're divided and you're de- defeated this morning. Oh, that he would make you again. I'm glad that a bruised reed he'll not break it. And a smoking flax he'll not quench it. Down in the valley. I'll tell you, Samson was there. You remember Samson, the mighty man of God, that mighty exploits for the Lord. You remember the day he took a jawbone of an ass and he slew a thousand men. It says it was just a bone. There was no flesh on it. No flesh. You remember the day whenever he was in Gaza and he went to the pillars of the gate and he lifted the gate and he walked 40 miles with gates over 10 ton on his shoulder. Mighty man. Mighty man. Mighty victory. I'll tell you, you remember how Samson ended his days. He was in the mill and he had no vision. They took his eyes away. And he was grinding in the mill. A pitiful existence. And he was standing one day with his hands between the pillars in the Philistine palace and they were laughing at him and they were mocking at him. Making fun of him. Samson, the man that has no more power. Samson, the man that has no more vision. Samson, the man that has no use to God. And this is what Samson prayed. He says, Lord, remember me just this once. 
And it says Samson did more in his death than all of his life. Do you know why? He's the God of the hills and he's the God of the valleys. He's the God that can make you this morning and he can make you again if you'll allow him. He can give you that passion back. He can give you that burden back. He can give you the Spirit of God back in full power this morning if you want it. Ah, dear friends, Peter was there, wasn't he? You remember Peter? Peter that walked on the water. Peter that was up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter that seen the dead raised and the, he- the sick healed. And then there was Peter in the, in, in the house of the high priest and he denied the Lord three times and he led the Lord down. And he went out and it says that he wept bitterly. He was defeated. He was down. He was of no use to God. But I want to tell you this. It was Peter that stood in the day of Pentecost and he preached. And 3,000 souls were saved. It was Peter that wrote two epistles. It was Peter that God made again. He would love to make you this morning again. Down in the valley. Down in the valley. The God of the hills is the God of the valleys. There's a God, the valley of despair. There's the valley of discouragement. There's the deva- valley of defeat. Let me close by saying this. There's the valley of death. You remember the psalmist in Psalm 23 he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You know, friends, if the Lord doesn't come, there's some of you people, and maybe me too, you're going to die. Maybe there's an older f- person here this morning. And the results have come and they're not good and the old body can't do the things it, it used to do. And you're getting weak and you're getting tired. And the medication has gone up and the sleep has gone. And maybe there's times at night you wonder, Lord, have I got long to go? And you're going down into the valley. And the psalmist said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. The God of the hills is the God of the valleys. I told a story here one Thursday night about Alexander White. Alexander White was a great expositor over in Scotland. And whenever Alexander White got his first job in Edinburgh, his father said, Now, Alexander, you'll be home on Saturday night. Come home on Saturday night. And Alexander White was afraid of the dark. There was a valley just between the workplace and his home that he knew he would have to come through on a Saturday night. He said, Dad, I'll come home on Sunday morning. He says, you'll not. You'll come home on Saturday night. And all week at work, Alexander White thought about the valley of the darkness. And Saturday night came. And he packed up his bags and he headed off and he started to walk towards this ravine. He was whistling. He was trying to keep his courage up. And he came to the valley and he started to go down and he could hear the crunch of his feet. And the tears started to come down his face. Fear gripped him. He started to weep and he heard a noise and it spooked him and he ran back out the other end again. And he got down on his knees and he started to cry. He says, I can't do it. I can't go through the darkness. I can't go through the valley. And just as he was lying on the ground and groveling in the dust with the tears coming out of his eyes, he heard the steps of some man coming through the darkness. And he opened his eyes and he said he saw the figure of his father standing there. He said, Dad, what are you doing here? Oh, he says, Alexander, I've come to help you through the hardest bit of all. 
the God of the hills, is the God of the valleys. I'm glad this God is my God. What about you this morning? Maybe you're not saved. Maybe I'm speaking to someone now and you're not saved. And if you were to die now, you go out into a lost eternity. And if you were to die now, you would go out into the flames of hell itself where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Your mother and father will be in heaven and you'll be in a lost eternity in hell. It says in Joel that there's those in the valley of decision and you've got a decision to make this morning. You have a decision whether you're going to get saved. You're going to ask the Lord into your life and make you a child of the living God or you'll go to a lost eternity. The God of the hills will be the God of your valleys. What valley are you in this morning? Where are you at along the road of life? You at your wit's end? Will you take this home with you as we sing our last hymn at the God of the hills? is the God of the valley.